This is the stinking truth. Yeah, you know, the good news is, Mark, that as I like to joke, the NFL is a 365-day-a-year beast that needs to be fed. Correct. So the beauty of the offseason is, you know, for a lot of a lot of you out there, the offseason is more fun than the regular season. There's just yeah, a lot of rumors for, and yeah. stories and well, things like that. especially for you people that live in a market that's not actually trying to win. <laughs> right. There's like So at least <laughs> right. you can win the offseason. Right. So there's a lot. I always love that about, oh, this team won the offseason, and then, you know, they built this super team, and then the team, you know, basically craps in their helmets. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what goes down this offseason. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is a fun time of year. The the procurement stage of, of the offseason. So there is the procurement stage, which is, you know, free agency in the draft. And then there's the, you know, preseason or the OTA stage, the preseason stage, then the regular season and playoffs. Well, we'll get to that. But let, let's kind of get into some of the Super Bowl leftovers. And, and and most interesting has been Kyle Shanahan's explanation for what went on in overtime and the decision to take mm-hmm. the ball. And he reiterated that, hey, this was something that we had talked about before the playoffs even began, what we would do in this situation. He did say that it, they didn't talk about it with the team that week, so much so that when they went into overtime that he told all the position coaches – to get with their players mm-hmm. and instruct them on or remind them as to what the overtime rules were. Brock Purdy said he went to Brian Greasy, the quarterback's coach, and said, okay, this is this is what it is, right? These are the rules just right. to make sure. Yeah. So you've heard Kyle's explanation for how they handled overtime. Does it pass? Does it uh, – you okay with it? Well, I mean – I think at the like at the end of that thing, there were a lot of people, or the with the time ticking down, there were a lot of people thought that Kansas City they should call a timeout. They're going to run out of time, which you know they just go to the second quarter of overtime. It's just like a regular game. I thought the ref explained that at the coin toss fairly well, but there were a lot of people that were confused about that. I wonder if there were Niners that were confused about that as well. Um, I, I I do think that's one of the things that has to be addressed. Um, we used to have this thing when I played in Washington, and it was an official who presented it like on a weekly basis or quarterly. I think it was a quarterly basis. So, you know, four times during the course of the season because it was a 16-game right. season. And they would present this gold sheet, which was printed on just a gold sheet of paper, but it was the hidden yardage. And it talked about all the little things during the course of a season that make big impact. And it was about, you know, penalties and about situations and all this stuff. And then they would it would be presented to us and it would they would go through situational football that cost us, you know, or cost somebody thirty or forty yards and the difference that made in the course of a football game. And just interesting stuff they like just food to to kind of think about. Uh, um but you know, that said, they had talked about what their plan was for overtime, you know, going into this thing. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the problem with analytics. This is the problem with math. Because math takes the entirety of the league and makes it all equal. You know what's not equal? Patrick Mahomes versus any other quarterback that you play against. It's not. 
So the fact that you allowed, and this is where I would be critical of Kyle, that you allowed your analytics team to influence you into, into not deferring the overtime kickoff, but accepting the ball, taking the ball. The referee even said, are you sure? Like, are you sure? I saw the look on Mahomes' face. They were, he was like, right. are you like, kidding me? Incredulous. Right. Yeah. And so uh, my, my point being this, I have watched enough Mahomes to know that I don't want to give him the opportunity to walk me off <laughs> with the last possession. I've seen enough of that. There is There was a stat going around the other day. It was like, of all the quarterbacks who have faced a double-digit deficit and come back, he's like, he has won 80% of the double-digit deficits that he has, has faced in the quarter of his playoff career or whatever. The only other guy to even come close to 500, and he's like a game or two under 500, is Tom Brady. Yeah. At like 11 and 13 yeah, or something yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's insane. So the point being is, you know, once you get the ball and you're in that, you know, either, either, you know, you're in that walk-off situation, then it doesn't matter if you get the ball at the two-yard line. You're in four-down territory. Yeah. And it just changes your perspective on the game. And unless you can get him with a sack early or whatever, like it, it just is something that you probably didn't want to face and wasn't well thought out. But the analytics team talked about, well, you know, if it's tied after each guy gets a possession, then the next possession wins. Well, I don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the second possession. Plus, also afterwards, we find out that the Chiefs were going to go for two anyway. Correct. If it was that kind of situation where San Francisco scores the touchdown, yeah. Chiefs come down and score a touchdown, they would have gone for two. Heck, I was sitting on the couch with my 17-year-old son, and we were already speculating yeah. that if Kansas City was going to have to answer with a touchdown, they would probably go for two because you just don't – at that point, you just don't want to keep going because your defense is going to be exhausted, and you might as well just, for better or for worse, end the game right there. I, I, I almost think that it was fitting that the season ended – with a coach being maybe confused or let down by analytics. I, I thought we saw some of the worst coaching this year by NFL head coaches, established NFL coaches, some of the most head-scratching decisions made that were fueled by analytics. I, I think analytics caused some of the worst in-game coaching than we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because I think, you know, you talk to coaches or I talk to coaches every week and, you know, the, the amount of, of stuff that's kind of on your plate mm -hmm. in-game, the decision-making process in-game, and the fact that you've got somebody upstairs in your ear giving you, hey, percentages. And, and a lot of it is like, okay, we crossed over, let's say we crossed over the 50-yard the line. All right, now the percentages say go for it on, you know, any fourth down and four minus like, so now that we're in this position, you know, it says go for it, go for it. And, and they'll sit there and they'll say in your ear, hey, think about this. If you get a third down, blah, blah, blah. If it's less than, you know, if it's less than five yards, the analytics tell us to go for it, you know, because and all these, all these little things, but you got people in your ear yep. and that's the information they're giving you. But I always say this about, about calling games. All right. So, you know, people have asked me like, what is it like to call a game? 
And you know me. I mean, I'm a, I just am like paranoid about doing the work, right? So I'm studying film. I'm really preparing. And I, I'm, I mean, I dig into a lot of film. I watch a ton of football. And you try to figure out, you know, how are they going to attack this team? And what should they do with this? And what about this formation? And how about nickel versus base? And what about their two tight end package? And you're trying to, you know, assimilate all this information. And in your mind, you end up playing the game in your head of what you think is going to happen, right? And then you get into the game, and it's completely different than what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And it happened to me once. I did this Rams-Giants game, and the Rams had been in this bunch formation. So this bunch formation... And they ran, I mean, all the stuff they run at a bunch, whether it was, you know, weak side handoff versus front side handoff versus their counter game, using a bunch puller, one of the pullers to be the backside guy in a counter, the power game, their screen game off of that, their passing game off of that, their play action game off of that. And they were just eviscerating teams in this bunch set formation. So I built a couple of packages, and we're going to do all this stuff. They never got into it one time. Oh, jeez. They got into it. They had to scrap the whole thing. They got into too tight solo and played the whole game with the Giants at a too tight solo. And you now hindsight being 2020 because I was frustrated during the game because I had played it out in my head. And had I been smart or a better broadcaster, I would have said, hey, you know what? They've been doing this and showed the film. Why are they doing right. this? Right. Well, they're doing this because one, they want to work on their two tight formations. Two, they're like, we don't need to be creative to beat the Giants because their offense is so big, bad. Like if we score 17 points, we win. And so it was a it was a time to break tendencies, to be a key break, and also to work on a package that they're going to need down the road. And ultimately, the thing I learned doing that game was you got to call the game in front of you. You can't call the game that you think is going to happen. You got to call the game that actually is happening. And the same thing can be said for analytics. You can't call the game based on analytics. If I can't block your three technique, guess what? Throw analytics out the window. Like I always, I always laugh. Like I've gotten my ass kicked all day long trying to block this three technique, but all of a sudden it's fourth down and one with a game on the line. Now I'm going to block him right? because analytics tells me to. <laughs> right. Right? right. I had one coaching staff tell me, he goes, he goes, the analytics department said, hey, man, we should run to the left. You're like we should change the percentage. We should have 65 to 70 percent of our runs to the left versus to the right, because right now we're averaging almost a yard per carry more to the left. And the coach said, we're playing the Rams, and Aaron Donald lines up over there, you dumbass. Right. So we're not running over there. Right. Like, right. Like, right. right. But the analytics doesn't tell you who's lined up over there. Right. They just tell you what probability. the Probability. Yeah. yeah, the probability yeah. says. Yeah. So um, I'm with you. I think it's a astute point that you make that we've seen so many guys get caught up in the math of the whole equation yeah. that they lose sight of the game that's actually being played. Well, Well said. Well said.